When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I ran this by Jessica and she was not she was not not receptive but understandably <laughs> because of her sort of whole experience in her life she was resistant or hesitant okay. um what is this I I think it would be a real treat to rent the new 400 again to watch a Star Wars <laughs> Oh, that would be fun. Was her That's hesitation the one- like that you have been unduly influenced by the Star Wars and she doesn't want you <laughs> well, no, to her get hesitation, back into that mode? Her hesitation is that I, I, she just has to watch them so often. Because That's of me. <laughs> <laughs> and has, I and get she it. has for yeah. so long. I see that. I see that for sure. As it seems we will be traveling companions, I would like to offer you my hospitality, my kindness, passage on my ship. I offer you my wit and the protection of my arm and crew. Also to this, I add the service of twice my tongue, once for entertainment and once to fulfill our bargain. All of those things I do consent to. No more do I consent to in terms of truth. Then he comes forward and offers his pinky, because this would have been the first time they have touched each other. Yeah. Anything further in the future can, of course, be negotiated. Margaret's expression shifts on a level that I I think... Travis, more than anyone else in the room, understands. Margaret was first looking at this person hungry with desire, a a particular desire. And Travis, you felt as though you were under that microscope many times in Nordia. Every time you would try to pull away from truths and protect yourself from the feelings that you didn't want to deal with, you could feel the pull of that desire from Margaret. And slowly it made you confront what you did not want to confront. Her expression changes from looking at him as though he has something that she desires to looking at him as though he were a puzzle that sat mocking her, needing to be solved. 
she pauses and then interlocks her pinky with his. And you can see in a display of light some thread raveling around their hands to signify that the promise has been struck. And then Jack relaxes and much more easily says, please be reassured, I will lie to you in only the most entertaining of fashions. But my secrets are mine to keep and mine to give. And then turns away toward Travis. So, I believe I had a flask at some point. Did Travis ever give it back to him? Uh, <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> oh, this one? He reaches in his... <laughs> yeah. This pocket. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He'll give you the flask. You'll open the flask and snakes will shoot out. <laughs> it's, my, my watch is inside. Yep. Uh, <laughs> can we also, just in terms of the ground rules, because mm-hmm. it seems like the way that one should play this game as somebody who plays games... What you want to do is you come in as hard as you can and you like force them out. Is there sort of a a cultural agreement that like charging in with the worst possible question at the beginning is like super gauche? Yes, absolutely. It is so admitting a weakness. Of, yeah. I think I think part of the fun too is like getting to see how much you can like pull out. Yeah, yeah. because like, uh, because little questions will get you answers. Yeah. You got to feel each other out a little bit. Yeah. And he says, uh, as someone who is already owed a favor, may I claim the right of first question? That seems fair to me, Travis. Yes, you may. And you just have. Now. <laughs> oh, shit. Yeesh. Yeesh. We're in the game. Oh. <laughs> How long did it take for you to clean up? Jolly Jack's reputation. Oh, you're assuming that (laughs) I have entirely, but for the most part, 15 years. And I didn't clean it up. I slowly eradicated it. There's no cleaning some messes. Are you content with that answer? How you doing these days? (sighs) Well, I'm, uh, I'm doing a lot better since my path crossed with Margaret's. Hmm. I am content. Did you ever stop looking for me? I never bothered looking for you. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) I, I mean, I was curious. But it's a wide world. There are fruitful deals, and there are fruitless quests, and Jack knows the difference. I'm offended, but content. (laughs) 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 How did you fall in with this particular crew? And there's there's a lot of shading in the word crew there. Mm. Well, the... The same way I fall in most places. I snuck in, pretended I was supposed to be there, and then they loved me. <laughs> it isn't a lie. <laughs> <laughs> and, and and I do kind of, I like my eyes, I don't pointedly look at it, but my eyes do flicker towards the glass a little bit. And, and I, I kind of look around at the whole room, too. Do I get any... Because he has now said, they... So that implies everyone in this room 
what is the expression of everyone in this room? What do they look like when it says they love me? Jonathan's expression is one of embarrassment. Like, yeah, I love him. <laughs> Gable is just hyper-focused. They do like, I'm watching you, Jeff. <laughs> <laughs> I look over it. startled to make eye contact with Gable. How perceptive is Jack? Uh, just out of curiosity. Rather. Um, and is that, I, although I don't know what it's based off of, cunning? Cunning, yeah. Yeah, which so, which seems like a, a, a pretty clutch stat for Jack. Yup. Uh, uh, so make make a hard uh, perception roll. Off of whom? Oromar. Oh. Um, hmm. Okay. This is... <laughs> part of me, actually, it's daunting. This is a Ooh. big notice. So that's four purple. Yeah. Okay. That is uh, all of the threats and successes cancel out. However, I'm sorry, the uh, failures and successes. However, I do get four threats. (laughs) What Jack fails to notice in this moment is that Oromar is still. And he is not just still. He is deathly still. For there is one person in this room who does not love Travis Matigo, and that is Oromar Vale. Mm. But at his will, he cannot be present. Oh, okay. And what does Margaret look like? Margaret is a very canny social navigator. And I think there was a pang of, like, concern when Travis said something that could be considered a lie in that everyone loves him, but Oromar was not present at just the right time. Oromar saw that train coming too. So Margaret does flick a look over to Oromar, which is why I think Jack knew to go, what's going on here? But Oromar is unreadable. Okay. So you know something's up and you don't know the something for sure. that Oromar, what a poker face. Um, <laughs> I am surprised and content. Do I know how old Jack is and why? No. When you had your dealing with Jack in the past, you were pretty sure Jack was a normal man, which is part of the reason that you're as surprised as he is to be in this situation. How did you come to be so blessed by time? I think Jack pauses, and in that pause, the glass starts to sing a little like bit. Vibrate a little bit. Oh. Yeah. And, and and I and and I look at it and I say, I don't know. I thought you might have done it to me. And the singing stops. Mm. Uh, So when you lie, the glass will start to vibrate until it shatters. And if you take too long to answer a question, it will also vibrate until it shatters. And the little behind the scenes thing is when you receive a question that you don't want to answer, you reach for the glass and take a sip and the game is done. I'm truly so sorry. 
but I am content. Do you know who did this to you? Quite well, in fact. (laughs) (laughs) Then I am glad for you and content. And I'd like to just like, in, in terms of the gamesmanship here, that was a softball. Yeah. You know, because <laughs> yeah. I, I could have asked who did this to you mm-hmm. and I didn't. And so like as somebody obviously who's played this game before. Yeah. When did it start for you? After I uh, bargained and bartered and and won away this truly excellent name, by the way. I mean, I wouldn't have bet for something that I did not want. And with it came all manner of accoutrement. And I assumed that this long life was possibly a part of that. Of course, there is my study of the art as well. Ooh. The glass sings a little bit. And then I say, but, and I say, but, as I have already said, I cannot take credit for that. Mm -hmm. And then I look around the room. I say, although I would appreciate the discretion of the room in the future because a man has a reputation to maintain. Uh, (laughs) Silence, demon. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I, I am, I am content and confused. Are you happy? I truly believe that I am at a place where I have found what happiness I can. Margaret gives Travis a bit of a sad look and turns to the glass and realizes that it's definitely not going to break for that. Her heart does instead. Same for John. <laughs> I'm content. Out of character question. Mm-hmm. Did Travis, did it have to do with taking Travis's name? Out of character? I mean, who's to say? Okay. The thing is, there is a definite answer for that question. I don't think either character knows that answer. Okay. So. I think we both eventually became aware where you're like, haha, he's going to draw him off my trail for a while using this name. But then it really became clear that like when anyone drew a picture of Jolly Jack, it was not you. And so like there was something going on that was outside the pale is, is sort of how I imagined yeah. it. Yeah. And I you, like you figured it, yeah. out something supernatural happened there. Yeah, that's why. Because I think Travis, you traded that name away and tried to use it in the next town and couldn't. Mm. You're like, fuck! I really did it. Shit. Ha! <laughs> I'm Jambi Jang. No, what? <laughs> <laughs> the year you lived is Jambi. <laughs> <laughs> Would you take back the wager if you could? Oh, no. Not that it wasn't a colossal thorn in my tongue for years, but like I said, excellent name. Excellent name. I am content. Jack kind of looks around 
And uh, is there a clock, like a loudly clicking, uh, ticking clock in here that has made their stay all the more ex- more excruciating? Yeah, absolutely. Like, I kind of think these folks need to be good with mechanized things in the first place. There's got to be a beautiful clock that, like, I don't know if it ticks, but it, like, whines in an interesting way. I'll admit, I actually am enjoying this, and I did not expect to. I worry a little bit about your crew. I hope you don't find it gauche. If I ask, what is it that you really want most of all? And I think no matter how long Johnny takes to think of something, Travis will have to think until the glass starts to whine, for sure. I want freedom. And I understand that there are many ways that I might find it. Hmm. I'm content. How is the alchemy business treating you these days? There is no one in the world with my degree of success. And and actually I pointedly don't look at the glass. <laughs> I am content. What are you afraid that I might ask? Oh, what a power move. Oh, oh no. Mm. Oh. Ah! <laughs> it's chess. It's 3D chess, baby. <laughs> Gable, what is chess? I'm sick (laughs) I'm not afraid because you see the question I'm afraid of you asking is the one you don't know enough to ask oofa doofa (laughs) yeah I hate it okay (laughs) I look at at the glass and I'm like pissed off okay ah What are you most proud of? I make people's lives better. I'll leave that up to you, James. Yeah, I'm fascinated by it because I think part of it is true, but the way you phrased that... And and the thing is, if it breaks... Like, I thought I was telling the truth, but if it breaks, I will look on it in horror. And that's very fair. Fuck. Fuck. That's not that's a bad end to this. Good. <laughs> I think that's I think that's what we have to do. Oh, that's perfect. Yes. The glass whines, sings, and shatters. And Jack, for the first time is not in control of his expression and looks at it with genuine horror. Margaret comes over and places a hand on Jack's shoulder in a... He flinches away as if branded by an iron mm. and, and, and actually shrieks in a, ter- like, in a terrified voice saying, I do not consent. Mm. Which Margaret will pull back mm. like... 
very, very quickly from that. And then, like, takes a deep breath, and it comes back over him, (laughs) and he smiles wryly, and he lifts up his glass, and he says, a game well played, my oldest friend. (laughs) 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 Um, (laughs) Jolly Jack am content. Mm. I am glad of that. <laughs> it is it has been a pleasure. An unexpected pleasure. All of you. And he looks over at Gable again like like really kind of <laughs> like good on you like you're not backing down from There's that. a sharpening stone <laughs> on the side. Absolute rictus like dead-eyed stare that they've been giving me for the last like uh, 40 minutes. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh, wow. At that, the door bursts open and Kicheko enters. Actually, can I can I say oh. one quick thing? Oh, please. Can I have arranged to grease the wheels for them before I ever came into the room? Oh. Damn. Shut up. Oh. Shut up. I like <laughs> that very much. Because, like, of course I'd heard that they were being held in dock. Yeah, and he talked to Kicheko. <laughs> I was coming in because, like, well, of course it's going to be good for the city if they make money. And, of course, whatever. And I don't have to sit in a waiting room. I'm Jolly Jack Tinkerson. But I'll come in here and I'll chat for a while. So when, when he bursts through the door. Yeah, I love okay. that. Uh, Kicheko bursts back into the room. Honored guests, I have marvelous news. By the authority of our mutual friend, Jolly Jack Tinkerson, the crew of the Uhuru will be welcome to explore and enjoy the main hex of the marvelous floating city, Ungoni. Let me be the first to welcome you as true friends with some complimentary waters. Thank you so much. You have moved with such facility and speed. As always, I am in awe of you. Um, how did he, how did he tell you that? That we, what? Oh, for my oldest friend and his boon companions, I took care of it before I even bothered coming in the room. Why wouldn't I do that for the crew of the Uhuru, who I hope in the future to have many fabulous negotiations with? I gotta know. Jolly Jack's smile, Pat. What is it like? Does he have a gold tooth? I, There's yeah, got there to be something to be distinctive about it. There has to be a gold tooth with a smile <laughs> engraved in it. Oh. <laughs> oh, my Lord. What is it about the smile? Wow. A gold tooth has, has just been so done. I would love something that was a little... Two gold teeth. <laughs> <laughs> All gold except one real tooth. Um, <laughs> shut up. That's not bad. That's not bad. Oh, that's, that's actually not bad. Pretty bad to look yeah. at. Hey, heroes, it's James, your game master, and welcome to the mid roll. Heroes, this week is the season finale for Skyjack's Courier's Call Season 1. 
The team on Courier's Call has done some incredible work, and I really, really want to encourage everyone listening right now to go check them out. If you found a way to, in your heart, love Travis Matigo, then you're going to find it very easy to love Cece, June, and Kieran. Not because they're anything like Travis, uh, but because they're lovable and Travis is not. Also, if you do happen to listen to the Courier's Call season finale this week, know that there is a brand new Arnie Parrot tune at the end of the episode. If anything else, you want to binge the entire series just for that. But also, I was reminded that I should point out that there's lots of neat lore that comes out in Courier's Call, including stuff about changelings and the Forest Queen. So if you've been looking at our dear beloved Travis and asking yourself some questions, uh, that is a good place to find out some answers. Or at least a few answers. Because we're in the floating city of Ungoni, I wanted to take a moment and thank our freelancer, Anansi O'Tempest. Anansi created this wonderful part of Sphere for us, and I cannot wait to explore it. And while I'm thanking people, I also want to thank Patrick Rothfuss for stopping by and doing this guest spot. He was able to do it thanks to the support of the heroes who donated to the 2019 World Builders End of Year Drive. So if you enjoyed these episodes, know that the next time we've got a World Builders Drive, cool stuff comes out of it, and you should get involved. But seriously, Pat is one of my heroes, and having him play in my world was a dream come true. And I've got all of you to thank for that. So thank you, my listeners, so much. And of course, I guess while I'm thanking people, I should also thank our backers on Patreon. Casey Tony's editing in this episode was beautiful, Arnie Parrott's music was beautiful, the performances by everyone on the show was beautiful, and we are able to afford all of that beauty thanks to your support. So if you like what you're hearing here and you want to hear more good stuff like this, please head over to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast and sign up to become a supporter. That helps us pay our people and keep making great shows. In return, you get cool bonus content, like our Session Zero discussion for Ungoni, where we fill in the city that Anansi created with our own personal details. And we've got more setting discussions coming up, including next week, a talk between Drew Merzieski and myself about the information desk. And you can find all that and more on our Patreon archive. So once again, head to patreon.com slash one-shot podcast to support us and learn more about the world of Sphere. Thanks to everyone who supports us already and everyone who's going to sign up in the future. Now with all of that out of the way, let's get back in the sky. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Actually, I think for this particular smile, I, I, like for this particular smile in this moment, he was planning on this being, it's like, ha ha, this is my grand reveal. And, but like he got beat down in a way he absolutely did not expect. And so it's like, it's the first time you've seen this charming smile strained. 
like he has, he is working on it and he is not doing his, his best job. Mm. He shook. Yeah. Like in this moment, uh, Margaret is looking at Jack, like running a lot of calculations. Margaret is someone who believes that she ends up the places that she ends up because she is supposed to be there. But she also is confronted with the fact in this moment, she believed she engineered a situation that would allow her to solve the problems that she is here to solve. Jack was playing a game that she did not know she was playing. She was confident, even with Jack's resistance, that eventually she might be able to navigate herself into the place she needed to be. Realizing that Jack is playing a different game gives her pause and she looks at him in a new way. Honored guest, you must forgive me. I have to borrow your friend Jack here as we have a pre-existing business arrangement between him and the city that needs to be discussed. Do not allow me to detain you any further. I would love for you to guide your crew down to the main hex of Ungoni so you can enjoy yourselves and take some rest. I've been looking forward to it. Is there anything else I could do for you folk before I'm unavoidably detained? I think you've done enough. It's music to my ears. When we meet again, we shall wrestle for 40 days and 40 nights. <laughs> and I shall strike thee down to the valley of wailing and gnashing of teeth. And no, you shall not bring your dark magics, for we will be two foes meeting as equals. And I will strike thee and pound thee and we, into the mouth of a volcano. We will both writhe and dance yeah, and yeah. barely I shall become the victor. You will not take this. Yeah, yeah. Who drags Gable away? <laughs> John has been trying to drag Gable away this whole time. He's just very small and they are very big. <laughs> curses! Curses upon yeah, yeah, yeah. you! Curses what what they say? What they say? Brethren. Yeah, yeah. Curses upon your children! Watch thine back. Oh, the door like <laughs> closes and opens several times as Gable's like bursting back into the room and getting pulled out. Every time John oh. is holding onto their coat, he's like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> Oh my lord. Ah. Oh my lord. <sighs> um, well, my dear friend, may it be half the time until our paths cross again. <laughs> <laughs> I am glad to see you. I hope that you're as well as someone like you can be as someone like we can be i think i am and jack i i truly am sorry oh well that's a great kindness i i thank you for that margaret moves to grab travis's hand and like gives it a sympathetic squeeze because she knows Travis struggles a great deal with his condition and the thought of having given that passed that on to someone else that's got to be a difficult thing and in that squeeze if Travis was feeling pain from that like it dulls a little bit well Jack I have to say it was fascinating meeting with you 
and I look forward to helping you at some point in the future. I am glad of that as well. I'm assuming that you have some effects that you'll need transferred to my ship. I also imagine you have goodbyes to say and all the like. I will not leave port until you're ready. You're not really going to go with them. Margaret's expression changes. There is an internal surprise that she rolls through. She had run a calculation, which is why she had moved over to Travis. She believed that this person was not going to call on that favor, or at least not call on that favor soon. But being a Black Lily, being someone who has to be in all manner of situations, surprising, pleasant, and unpleasant, she hides her surprise well. Yes. does Jack spot that? That is a good question. I mean, roll a perception. It's going to be hard. Not daunting, but hard. This is weird because we're both kind of NPCs. Mm -hmm. Uh, Does She has now made a bargain with me. Um, Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, I think, yeah, maybe she'll roll to lie to you instead. Mm -hmm. In which case, I have to pull up the app. The app. Dum dum dum. Chew on that, listeners. (laughs) (laughs) An application is a small program located on your device. It can provide a various amount of services. Many services. Dice to to calculating perhaps a mathematical equation. Calculations. While while we're waiting, is is Jolly Jack also a changeling or is he just immortal? Uh, I don't this know is if a, any of that has been tipped. Yeah, this is this is something like Jolly Jack may be a person that you have to encounter again. And there are mysteries about Jolly Jack. And I have to say, you haven't solved them. And you had a pretty big opportunity to look into them. And you didn't get that far. Well, you don't know what you don't know. <laughs> I, I will admit, I did not manage to... It, in some ways, it's kind of fortunate I'm behind what you have recorded. Like, because I only listened to the finished deal. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're still halfway through The Mariner in Nordia. So, I don't know how a lot of that wrapped. I had something that I was considered, like, fairly sure might be... like That was my fucking closer <laughs> and and then i'm like wait i don't know if this is actually gonna seal the deal for me because i don't know what the end of that sort of personal journey has been like for him so far i feel like this is the game that they played when you won the name that i feel like this is like a ton of sense mm, yeah. i bet this is their thing yeah 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 they keep going back damn uh, so this role had a fascinating result Margaret fails to conceal her surprise, but she got a triumph as well. (laughs) There is a change in Margaret's demeanor. And you know for a fact that she was thinking that she was going to stay on with the Uhuru for at least a while longer. And she did not expect you to call this favor so soon. So, so like, you know that, like, you've got one up on, on her there. What I am going to say. And, and maybe before you go any further, because mm-hmm. I want to be clear, what really Jack 
and and this is for real as much as I would love like Jack will play it close to the chest Pat is going to tell you what was going on there yeah because like all that I was intending for Jack to say was you know you say you know you said you were looking for passage Mm -hmm. and so like this is available to you and when you are ready to leave I will leave with you but not before you're ready to leave so like I was not saying now come and attend to me. I thought she was looking to get somewhere. Um, and that's what Jack was offering. Not necessarily, you know, saying like, let me know when you want your stuff moved over. Let me know how I can help because I had assumed she was bargaining for passage. Yeah. I, I okay. Here's what I'll do instead. Then there you, you pierce a veil that she did not know she was wearing. Margaret went to Travis, not just because she thought, especially after Jack's reaction to her trying to comfort him, that Jack probably wouldn't call on a favor for a Lily to solve an important problem, but Margaret was expecting to stay on with the Uhuru and hoping to stay on with the Uhuru. Oh... She was enjoying this company. So that I see? Yes, that you see. And so if I see that, and was she about to say something? So so she's got a triumph here that I need to unravel as well in that... Like she, she is hiding the surprise and registering her own disappointment, which being a Lily, being a person who must move from port to port and gets, you know, in extremely intimate situations with people like she grows an awareness of herself, a, a deeper awareness of her own emotions surrounding this. She had a professional mask and has now realized there are genuine interpersonal bonds that she had formed here. And Margaret, as a traveling Lily, is accustomed to getting close to people but leaving eventually. There are plenty of parlouring lilies all across Sphere who set down roots in an area and meet with people over extended periods of time and even have people who travel to them. That's never been Margaret's style. She always pushes forward like the current in a river. Forming these bonds so quickly either represents a fundamental change in her personality or says that something about the experience that she had in Nordia with Travis and the rest of the Uhuru crew is significant and special in a way that she can't define. And in a way, all interpersonal relationships are special, all of them are sacred, and especially to a Lily, all of them contain magic. Jolly Jack is a fascinating mystery. There is clearly something very wrong with him, something tender and deep. And Margaret is in the business of fixing broken things. She travels the world and puts herself in very dangerous situations in order to see that goal met. But is there something here and now, something about Travis Matigo, that is so important that she should pull herself from that mission for even a second? No. <laughs> I Like, it happens in a flash in an instant. So I think because you pierced the veil, you see all of that. 
And here is where her triumph comes in. Not only did she fail to conceal, like, this internal struggle that it was happening in the first place, but she failed to tell you the lie that she's told herself. Because there is something inside Margaret, something buried deep in her heart and her soul, that even her clever perception as a lily hasn't managed to spot. Something that draws her and binds her to Travis Matigo. Something akin to the bright red strings that extend from her fingers to all the friends that she made aboard the Uhuru, to the hundreds of clients that she's helped and served over the years. You see that there is a truth, not its shape, not its nature, but you see that it exists and that Margaret has failed to see it. Something, be it personal will or Lumen's eye, allows her to pull it away and conceal it in a firm-pedaled lie. It's simply something that she's not ready to confront at the moment. I look at her, and I look at Travis, like, is Travis stricken? This is an interesting question, Johnny. Um, I think that he was surprised at sort of the whole exchange and wager because I think that there was a part of him that thought Margaret would just sort of be around forever. So I think at first blush, he was very like shocked and sort of sad that that was going to happen. And then I think he sort of, you know, thinks to himself, well, if, if it wasn't now, Eventually, I would lose her anyway. Oh. And I think we can step away from this moment and enter a bit of a montage as the crew of the Uhuru departs the ship and Margaret gathers what little personal effects a lily needs to gather. And goodbyes are said from everyone aboard the Uhuru, and all farewells to Margaret are fond farewells. There is a bitter sweetness, especially in the farewells to the folk in the Captain's Council, and we can actually take time for those farewells a little bit later, but, you know, Johnny's got a heart out, so I want to meet that. Yeah. Um, Leave that it. Leave it in the narration. So, we enter a scene now with Travis and Margaret on the gangplank of Jolly Jack's ship, which, Pat, can you please describe for us Jolly Jack's ship? Because I imagine it looks different. And you can even describe the emotion one feels as a experienced Ariner when they look at the ship that is Jolly Jack's. There, one of the feelings as like folks who work on a ship that is a working ship and you do not have the opportunity to, you know, go into port whenever you want or wherever you want. And you've, your ship has seen some hard times. There's a little bit of like, oh, please. Like, <laughs> You know, there's a pirate ship and then there's like a pleasure yacht with somebody um. with 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 questionable but Baroque taste. And it's not <laughs> it's not that, but the feeling is a little the same. It's like, come on, if this was ever in a storm, do you realize how much of this shit would tear off? 
if, if it had a novelty horn, it would. A, a little, a little bit. There, it is covered it's, in snake tubes. It's it's kind of like oh, it's it's the the skyship equivalent of like snake oil salesmen traveling around mm-hmm. in a carnival. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a little mm-hmm. bit of that grinders. Not the style, but like big golden letters bolted on is called the goose. And the flag is a triangle with a circle and a square inside an alchemical symbol on a deep purple background. And it's not a huge ship. It looks a little soft. You would think that shouldn't he be taking this more seriously? Mm. Um, Yeah. Yes. So Margaret stands above Travis, who is currently carrying her bag. And she looks down at him. The sky is alight with the few stars that are present behind her and a large full moon that is dazzling with light, which sparkles off of her eyes and yours. I suppose this is it for now. I suppose it is. It's nice to know that At least in this case, there was nothing I could do to change the way things turned out. Travis, there are so many things that I want to say to alleviate what I'm sure must be hurt. I care very much about what I do. One of the reasons I care so much about what I do is I have seen who you were, and I see now who you are. And who you are is deeply important to me, and always will be. That is the reason that I want to stay, and it is also the reason that I have to go. There's at least one that needs my help more than you now. And as Lumens would have it, I won't be able to do that at your side. I understand. And I want to thank you. You've shown me so much that I could not have seen in myself. And... And while all things considered, I feel like you were compensated adequately. But I would like you to take this. And he hands her um, a letter that's like wrapped in a ribbon and like tied in the bow of a ribbon is a single white feather. She takes it and, you know, holds it close to her chest and looks into your eyes. Well, I can't let you be the only person who gives a parting gift. She grabs Travis's arm and pulls him close to her and runs her hand up his forearm until her pinky intertwines with his and steps close to him and says to him, if you look for me, you will find me and gives him a kiss and you feel the power of that promise wrap around the two of you a solid thread 
one of the threads that Margaret weaves to use her magic. It is a bond between the two of you, and it is a solemn one, unbreakable by fragile heart or lumen's eye. With that, she takes Travis's letter and takes the bag that she had Travis carry for her and ascends the plank as the furnaces on the goose roar to life and the feather weave canopy alights with a golden glow, an unusual color for the sails of a skyship. Slowly, it takes off and drifts away. Margaret and Travis wave to one another across the night sky and begin processing the bittersweet feelings of a gentle and fond farewell. And the night rolls on, and Travis goes to join the rest of the crew of the Uhuru, and Margaret begins to meet the crew of the Goose. The night passes hours and hours until the two reach a point where they are both alone with themselves in a new and strange place and begin to look at old comforts so that they can ground themselves as they face a new life that will unfold into a new adventure. And Margaret opens the letter that Travis gave her. And at that, before she reads a single word of that letter, Travis and Margaret both come, with Johnny's consent, to a realization. Something they suspected, something maybe that they even knew, but considered it too impossible a thing to know. But now you do know it with a bone-deep certainty. This Margaret, with dark and curling hair, dressed in white and green and gray, was your Margaret, is your Margaret still, returned from the depths of the river, pulled from death, born into a new body, and sent in your path. And unfortunately, as your luck always seems to go, you both realized this as soon as you were separated. But the truth is there, as invisible and undeniable as a broken heart. Episode, folks. Uh, I wish I didn't put all the fur and scales in her bag. <laughs> we return once again to the long line of applicants in front of the skyship Uhuru. Uh, we can see a finely dressed individual in a pinstripe suit with a 
I think very well uh, matched set of watch, uh, pocket, square, and cravat, step off the line, and I think just stand in front of the table uh, after very gracefully swooping down their headshot and resume. Hello, pirates. Hello. 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 Corsairs is the term, but... Oh, I'm 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 sorry. Uh, uh, this is a new sort of life turn for me. Uh, I've decided to run away from uh, my life in the world of fashion and join you in the sky. Oh, that explains the threads. You 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 look great. Uh, can we have your name and uh, and former occupation? Uh, yes, I am Clotho Cattell, and I used to design a line of clothing. I was shunned by society for my unconventional ideas, and I felt what better way uh, to continue my work than do it in the sky amongst the rest of the revels and ragamuffins uh, up in the air. You're Clotho Cattell. Y- you're, the, you're the guy that designed pants that were a hat. I know your stuff. It was crazy. That's right, and I have some new ideas that I think you're just going to love. I don't think so, but keep going. <laughs> John, yeah. John it pa- is. pants that are a hat. <laughs> John, it's all in. <laughs> all right, I'm sensing that there's some tension over here uh, between you and you. Uh, they point to Gable and Travis, I would like you to try being around each other, but being around each other in this. And uh, they'll quickly dash behind the table and put on uh, the both of you a single sweatshirt that fits both of you. No, 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 no. this this is... is Oh no! I can't. No. But no, really, give it a shot. It says I really don't. lean into it. It says I'm with stupid, and there's arrows intersecting, pointing at both of you. Why is so, the sweatshirt <laughs> front to front and not side to side? <laughs> because if it's over my head, that means that it goes over <laughs> Travis's head, and he is not. His head is not coming out of the head hole, so he's just. I'm tucking him in like he's a baby Bjorn on my chest. <laughs> and no, I, I can like, see as you're saying that you're kind of realizing the efficacy of this I whole endeavor, huh? I don't like this very mm-hmm. much. Not at all. Okay. I do like the okay. convenience of not having to walk, but at what cost? <laughs> perhaps perhaps a starting with the sweatshirt was too much. Let's this. do this instead. Very quickly, with like a flick of their hands, they've changed you again. Now yeah. you're in some combined pants. <laughs> no. I, why, again, why Why the front to front and not side I to side? I feel like clothing has been pulling people apart. It's a barrier. It's a separator. When What it should be is something that binds us together front no. to front. No. Well, Clo- no. Clotho, Clo- wait, one more time. Can you re- remind me of your name? Oh, you you nailed it. It's Clotho. 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 Like clothes? Yeah, yeah, it's got clothes in it. 
Clotho, now we oftentimes we find ourselves up in the air uh, and we're we're manning the ship, we're we're in combat. Sometimes we have to actually be apart. So are there any options that you have that might uh might link us together but also have the option of us being apart? Of course, especially on a skyship, you know, it's a dangerous environment. There's a chance that uh, you'll get pulled this way and that way. You want something that'll allow you to have a little bit of space, but ultimately pull you back together, which is why I present the double tie. Um <laughs> Uh, there's like another flick of flick of their hands, and ah! Travis and Gable are now wearing the same tie, and they can kind of like stretch apart, but it also pulls them back together. I oh, it's elastic. No, no this is this is some this is some knuckles chaotix bullshit, and I don't care for it. <laughs> Wait. That was a joke for just pranks, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> Truly, this is a, a tremendous safety hazard for in any part of the ship for any sort of situation these are these are items that are dangerous and not helpful and also not comfortable and i understand why your colleagues do not care for them <laughs> okay suppose I can... suppose i'm hanging by this necktie and gable decides to flex their big dumb neck and break <laughs> the thing and then i just plummet to my death then what I do like that one, so I might keep this one around <laughs> for the option. I can see that we have a, tr a ship full of traditionalists. You just want to stick with the classics, and I definitely understand that. Um, how about this instead? Um, they'll uh, once again flick their hands, and now you're both wearing pants that are a hat. <laughs> Is it one pants that are one hat? <laughs> Or is it? They have tied the like one of the legs each of the pants together, so you're still you're still together. And also, I really want to point out that pants that are a hat, they don't they don't like sit on your head with the waistband. They pull down and you button it around your neck, and then you unzip the zipper, and that you talk out of there. Now, in my head, I imagined it was sort of like. Um, you know how old timey pajamas have like a butt flap? Yeah. I imagine the butt, the butt flap just sort of came down and around and was a hat. <laughs> Travis has the butt flap. Travis has the butt flap. Gabriel's I, I imagine like it, uh, one very long pant leg that went around the top and has a baseball cap. <laughs> 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 like, this is very, un I can't walk. I don't look good. Those are the two uh, things that you need for clothes. Well, we'll have to agree to disagree on no! point two. But yes, this does limit walking. Uh, John, why John? It's your fan. Why don't you put clothes on John? <laughs> do me, do me. <laughs> All right, I I can see that we're in for we we. You know, we got a dazzle, we got a sparkle, we got to put out a show stopper here. Um, I want heads to turn when I enter the room. So, <laughs> John, it. <laughs> so, uh, with another flick of their wrists, uh, all all of the other clothes have have disappeared. Um, Jonnet is now wearing uh, this like beautiful kind of 
gown uh, that appears to be made out of these small silver discs. Um, and Gable and Travis uh, now have headbands on with like a big silver disc. Um, and you find yourselves like magnetically pulled. So you have to look at Jonnet. <laughs> it's taking basically all of your strength not to have your bodies fly directly into John and, no. and his gown. Um, John. Uh, so is it, would it be a requirement that everyone in the room that I'm entering be wearing these metal discs beforehand? We're all about coordination. What, <laughs> what I would like to see my perspective on fashion is once again, clothes that bring us together, not drive us apart. What happens if, no. for whatever reason, someone were to turn the opposite direction? Like, Janet immediately just uh, goes back to ah! Gable. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Out! Get off my ship! You say with Janet fully dangling from your forehead. <laughs> Get off! <laughs> I'm Get I'm, away. I'm sorry, Clortho. Best of luck in your future endeavors, but I feel like we're going to have to please get this off me so we can fire you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Were you intending that all along? Uh, I went back and forth on that decision for a long oh. time. God. I think... I think the listeners wanted it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, but also, wow. Who doesn't? Who doesn't want the love affair that transcends time and space? I mean, uh, <laughs> oh no, <laughs> so sad. Was. Campaign Skyjacks is a one-shot network production. For more information, be sure to follow us on Twitter at at Campaign Pod for updates about live shows and other events we might be doing. You can find more great gaming shows over at OneShotPodcast.com. Jonnet Kessler was played by Tyler Davis, who can be found on Twitter and Instagram at Tyler A. Dave. Gable was played by Liz Anderson, who can be found on Twitter at Liz Anderson underscore underscore underscore, or on her podcast, Paired. Travis Matigo was played by Johnny O'Mara, who can be found on Twitter at Johnny and Briefs, or on his podcast, Dilettante Ball. I am James D'Amato, your host and game master. You can find me on Twitter at OneShotRPG or on my other podcast, OneShot. The original music featured in this production was composed and performed by Arnie Parrott. You can find Arnie on Twitter at A-R-N-E-P-A-R-R-O-T-T. And you can find more of his work at ATPTunes.com. This episode was edited by Casey Tony, who can be found on Twitter at Casey Pony, spelled C-A-S-E-Y. P-O-N-E-Y, or on his own podcast, Neoscum. Our logo was designed by Fiona Shea, who can be found on Twitter, at Fiona Pup. The world of Sphere was inspired in part by the music of the Decemberists and the card game Illimat, property of Together Studios. The game used in this production is a modified version of the Genesis role-playing system that was created by a talented group of game designers who were fired by a private equity firm owning Fantasy Flight Games. There are no kings. Take flight, heroes. Health to the 
strangers who've ever been kind And once for our friends ne'er to rise Twice to the dearest we're leaving behind Who know we can never deny The call of the sky